But I want you to understand that our God is more than enough. He's more than enough. How many of you in this place, I just want to see by the uplifting of hands, how many of you in this place would say, I have a great big need? I want you to look around you. I want you to see how many great big needs. How many of those needs could potentially be life-threatening for someone, you or someone you love? Let's see those hands again. All over this building, lots of needs that could potentially be life-threatening. How many of you know, let me say it again, that our God is more than enough? Amen. Amen. I I, want to just share with you for just a moment. Genesis chapter 17. If I'm not mistaken, that's where it's at. Genesis chapter 17. God appears to Abram at the time he was called Abram. Later he was called Abraham. Abraham. God breathed into his life. But God appeared to Abraham. When God was speaking to Abraham, the first time he revealed who he was, he, he told him, I am El Shaddai. I am God who is more than enough. That's what that means. In the King James Version, we see God Almighty. He is almighty. But that's only, I don't think any of these translations can really can really do this justice because God is almighty, but if you're almighty and you're not all sufficient, you might have the power to do something but not the resources. But another translation of that, and just as, just as real, just as literal, is that God is all sufficient. God is not just all powerful. God is all sufficient. The Apostle Paul said this, My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. I studied that a little bit, and if you'll read that in context, the Apostle Paul was talking about some of the difficulties he'd been through and how God had brought him out, how how he had been through hardship and he had been through uh, lack and how he had been through plenty. He'd been through both. He had been on both ends of the, the spectrum. He'd had not enough, and he'd had more than enough. And he goes on from that, from speaking about how he'd been through hard times, how he'd been through difficulties, and he begins to talk to the people, and he begins to say, but my God, the God that I serve, and he's talking from experience. I want you to understand, he's talking from experience because he's been in lack. He's talking from experience because he's seen God take him from the place of lack to the place of plenty. He said, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He didn't say, my God will barely get you by and you'll scrape into heaven by the skin of your teeth. No, he said, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. He didn't say you'll get enough, you'll barely make it because God will supply your need according to your need. No, according to his riches in glory. The riches of God in glory are everlasting. They don't run out. I honestly don't know where to go from here. I don't know. I have a message prepared. It's in preparation for Easter, which is next week. But I feel like right now I just need to exhort. I need to talk to you for just a moment. I need to tell you a few things. I'm just going to follow the leading of the Spirit. If I get to the message, fine. And if you have to leave, if I go too long and you have to leave, I understand. But I want us to understand something. 
we all go through struggles. We all go through trials. And the Word of God says that we should not consider these fiery trials as something unusual. The Word of God says that those fiery trials purify us like gold. The fire that we go through, it's common to everybody that serves the Lord. But there's the purification process that we get as we're going through this. Some of us are going the wrong way. Sometimes when we're going through trials, we begin to look at how bad the circumstances are. We begin to look at how how terrible the things are around us. And as we begin to look at how terrible the things are around us, we forget to look at God. And some of us are going that direction. I want to call you to attention this morning that God is more than enough. He is El Shaddai. He is God who is all sufficient. He is the one who can make the way where there seems to be no way. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us and if the power of God is not working in you you might not see it but if the power of God is working in you if you have been redeemed you have been blood bought you've been born again the power of God is working in you then the word says that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or even think those of you who lifted your hands up that you had a big need those of you who lifted your hands up that that it could potentially be a life or death need I want you to understand that whatever you can think to ask God about that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above that come on We, we can ask God, we can ask God, Lord, can you heal me? We can think of that, something we can think of. God, can you heal me? Can you, can you give me the ability to, to be healthy again? Lord, can you give me an extension of my life? I'm here to tell you that God can not only do all those things, but the Word says that He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or even think. God has the ability to do far beyond what you could imagine. These days that we live in are difficult. The Bible told us that difficult times were coming. Perilous times is what it calls it in the King James Version. Perilous times. We live in some difficult times. We live in some dangerous times, some perilous times. It's very clear. You can look around you and you can see it. You can turn on the TV or the radio and you can hear it. I want us to understand we do live in difficult times, but our God has not diminished. He's not any smaller than he was when he parted the Red Sea. He's not any smaller than he was when Jesus spoke to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. He's not any smaller than he was then. And we are walking around not believing the power of God. And I'm just telling you, I know that we're not believing the power of God because we're not acting like it and it's not being manifest in our lives. If we were believing the truth of the Word of God, our lives would show it. Word of God tells us in Acts that the disciples went about preaching the good news and the Lord manifested. The Lord confirmed the Word with signs following. 
That's a New Testament church. We're still, we're still supposed to be a New Testament church. We're still in the New Covenant. We have a covenant with God through Jesus Christ. I'm trying to increase your faith this morning. I'm just speaking from the hip, as they say. I'm speaking from what the Lord has placed on my heart this morning. It has nothing to do with the message that I prepared right now. But I want you to understand, God is more than enough. I don't think y'all are hearing it. If you've got something in your ears that's blocking it, take it out this morning. I'm telling you, God is more than enough. God is more than enough. He's more than enough. He's more than enough for you. He's more than enough for you. He's more than enough for me. He is more than enough. He's all sufficient. He's not just partway sufficient. He's not just halfway sufficient. He's not even just three quarters of the way sufficient. My God is 100%. He is all sufficient. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know. I don't know where your healing's coming from, how it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen as you're walking through this and you're sitting in a chair getting radiation put in your arm. I don't know if it's coming when somebody lays their, their hands on you and anoints you with oil. I don't know if you're, if you're debt that you're under that's crumbling on you and falling on you. I don't know how it's going to be paid. I don't know if God's going to bless something that you... Have, have invested in I don't know if God's going to open up the windows of heaven and just pour it out on you I don't know how it's coming but I know that my God is all sufficient I know he's able I know he is able I know he is able Luke I don't have the notes in front of me, so I might not be able to tell you exactly where. But in Luke, somebody wants to help me where, with where this is at, please feel free. There's a, the story is in several of the Gospels, but in Luke, Jesus and the disciples and about 5,000 men, plus women and children, were out in the desert place or out in the wilderness. And it was getting dark. And the disciples came to Jesus. And they said, Lord, you might want to consider, this paraphrase, you might want to consider sending them away so that they have time to get back to their homes or get somewhere where they can get shelter and where they can be fed. And the Lord looks at them and he says, you feed them. Okay, I'm just like one of those disciples. So are you. You might have heard me talk on this recently. I think I mentioned this back on Wednesday nights. This is still burning in my heart. I'm just like one of those disciples. They begin to look around to see how it is, how can we feed them. They looked around. They came up with couple little fish five loaves of bread and remember we have Jesus 12 disciples 5,000 men and some of their families the word doesn't give us a an actual number of how many were there because in those days they just counted the men 
the word says that there were 5,000 men. I'm assuming that there were somewhere around 7,500 people there. There might have been more, there might have been a few less. And Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, you feed them. They begin to scramble. Does anybody here got a pack of crackers? No, really. Does anybody here have a pack of crackers? Tracy calls them nabs. <laughs> crackers with cheese or something. Else. There we go. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Becky. Thank you, Sister Annette. Anybody else? I might get them mixed up. You know, these are these have the same box. Y'all sharing crackers. Anybody else got crackers? We need something to feed this crowd. This is a different box right here. I've only got three loaves of bread here. I need five. Anybody got a fish with you? Okay. <laughs> well, we'll just we'll just pretend that this is two fish and five loaves of bread. I've got three packs of crackers. Now, I want you to understand. I want you to think about it for just a minute. I don't know how big those loaves of bread were, but they weren't the same size. Okay. I might not give that back. Altoids. What you got back there? Fish? Rice Krispies? That's okay. I'll just, thank you. I'll just hang with these three packs of crackers. I want us to consider this for just a minute. Jesus told his disciples, you feed them. He might have said, he might have said, you feed them. Or he might have said, you feed them. Or he might have said, you feed them. I don't know how he said it. But here's the point. There was never a doubt in his mind that it was possible. There was never a doubt in his mind. You say, well, I understand that. He was God in the flesh. I know that. But I also want us to understand that whatever Jesus did, he heard first. I just opened somebody's crackers. I'm sorry. Becky, I think those were yours. Okay. All right. Whatever Jesus did, Bill, please stay there if you will. I'm sorry. I can get you a better chair if you want it. Whatever Jesus did, he, he only did it if he heard from the Father. That's what the Word tells us. He only did it if he heard from the Father. He was already in relationship. We know that. But I want you to understand this. I'm talking to you in human terms that we might can understand. He already knew that the Lord didn't want them, that the Father didn't want them to go away hungry. He already knew that the Lord, that the Father would meet the need. He already knew that he would do it. I don't see any reason since we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, since we have been adopted and we're sons and daughters of God, that we should ever question, does God want to do the same thing for me? The Word tells us that God is no respecter of person. He doesn't favor one person over the other. Somebody here that's received a miracle in the last year, a miracle, stand to your feet. Who is it? Lauren, I know you have. Why are you not standing up? I see one, two, three, four, five, six. There's got to be one more. Six is the number of man. Seven is God's perfection. There's, there it is. I didn't see him before. 
seven people at least in this crowd that God has done a miracle for. I want to tell you, there's eight now, new beginnings. I want to tell you that God doesn't love any of these people more than he loves you. Last year, a little before a year ago, about this time, a little before now, they told Sister Catherine, she only had about four weeks to live, I think, was it? Four months to live, I'm sorry. Here she is healthy today. Here she is healthy. This is a testament. This was, this was cancer. They said there's no cure. There's nothing we can do. We have an experimental medicine. We'll try it if you want to. I'm here to tell you that they did try the experimental medicine, but I'm here to tell you that God did the miracle. And she didn't even take all of it. Amen. I want you to understand that God doesn't love any of these people more than he loves you. He loves you just as much. Some of these miracles that are standing here are financial. Some of these are physical. Some of these might be emotional or mental. I don't know. Praise God. I see people standing up. I didn't know it was standing up. It just keeps getting better. I know that Brother Herman and Sister Val, the Lord moved in a miraculous way in their finances. I know some of you, I know the things that you've been through, and I know what some of these miracles are. I'm going to lay these loaves of bread down here for just a minute. You all may be seated again. But I want you to understand that God doesn't love them any more than he loves you. And God doesn't, didn't love those 5,000 men any more than he loves you. And God doesn't love that sparrow that he sees fall to the ground any more than he loves you. As a matter of fact, he said, how much more, how much more does your father love you? I want us to consider this for just a minute. 5,000 men, more women and children. They're standing around everywhere. Have you ever been in a crowd of 5,000? Anybody ever been in a crowd of 5,000? I have. Probably been in crowds bigger than that, but 5,000 is a lot of people. You begin to look around and the Lord says, you feed them. So the disciples began to scramble and they found five loaves of bread and two little fish. And another another gospel we find that it was a little boy that it was, it was something he had with him maybe his lunch but I want to tell you that two fish and five loaves of bread would not go as far in feeding 5,000 as these three little packs of crackers would go in feeding this group this morning of 150 or so people 120 maybe these wouldn't go as far as what or wouldn't go any farther probably what I'm trying to say than what those five loaves of bread would have gone in such a large crowd. Basically nothing. If I broke this into a hundred and how many ever pieces and I begin to give all of these to you, how many of you believe that you would leave here satisfied and full? Well, you've got some faith. Praise God. It's only, it would only be a miracle if we left here satisfied and full. But what if we but what if we collected 12 baskets? Okay? Now we're probably talking about bigger baskets. There's no offering in here. Probably talking about bigger baskets than this. But we're talking about bigger loaves of bread too. The fish. But what if I broke these three little loaves, three little crackers, 
and, and handed them out and gave everybody a piece. I, I, I don't know if you would even be able, some of you might not even be able to see it. Maybe small. We can try that if you want to. But I, there's a little girl back here wants to. I don't know whose crackers these are, but you get a pack of them before we leave. <laughs> Might have been her crackers that I got. <laughs> but here's the thing. They took up 12 baskets full afterwards, and everybody was satisfied. Now, there's, there's something in this story that tells us the difference in, in what happened and what naturally should have happened. And I don't know if you've read that story recently. Did anybody tell me where, did anybody find it, where it's at? Luke chapter 5, verse 12. 9, verse 12. So if you want to read that, read the whole chapter of Luke chapter 5. I want you, 9, Luke chapter 9. 5 and 9 sounds a lot alike to me. Okay, Luke chapter 9. I want us to consider this just for a minute. There's something different that happened when Jesus took over than what happened when the disciples took over. This is crucial. This is what the Lord's wanting me to say this morning. I'm not preaching the other message. This is where we're staying. Bill, I'm sorry if you're going numb. Here's what the Lord wants us to hear. The disciples, when Jesus said, you feed them, they began to look around at the circumstance. Their response was, they, they tried to, I guess, first probably to see what they could find. And they said, Lord, we have two fish, five loaves of bread. And Lord, they said, we don't have enough. We don't have enough by any means to feed this group of people. Unless, perhaps, we go into one of the nearby cities and purchase it. I don't know how much that disciple was into math because it would have taken a fortune to feed 5,000 people plus women, 5,000 men plus women and children, 7,500 or so. It would have taken a fortune. And I don't believe that they probably had that much with them, but at least they were willing to attempt to do something. And here's the thing. They looked around at the situation. They saw the need. They saw the 5,000. They saw the scarcity of the, of the food and of the resources. Jesus didn't see that. Jesus told them to feed them because his perspective was different. Jesus didn't see the scarcity of the resources. Jesus didn't see the immensity of the need. We're looking at things from a human perspective. We're looking at things through the eyes of the flesh. We're looking at things like those disciples were looking at things. We're looking at things through these natural eyes. And if you look in the natural, you're going to see the natural. But Jesus, listen to me, Jesus saw with spiritual eyes. Jesus saw a little bitty problem and a great big God. Where the disciples had saw a great big problem and 
considered him a little bitty God. We're getting, we're getting frustrated. We're struggling. We're having a hard time in life. We're, we're not seeing the miracles that we should see because we have limited God. We have seen Him through the eyes of flesh. We have looked upon Him and we have imagined that He's a little bit bigger than us but not at all understood how great He is. I'm here to tell you that if God revealed Himself as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one to Moses. And through Jesus Christ, we have access to all the blessings and the promises. I said Moses, I meant Abraham. Of Abraham. Then we should understand that the same El Shaddai that promised blessings and favor upon Abraham is the same God that Apostle Paul said shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. I want us to listen to this just for a a moment more. I want you to understand this. The disciples were looking at the problem and they were looking at the scarcity of the resources, the, the immensity of the problem and the scarcity of the resources. But Jesus didn't look at the crowd. That's what the disciples did. They looked at the crowd. They looked in the change purse. They looked in their backpacks. They looked everywhere they could to see what they had. But Jesus didn't do that. If you read that, the word says that Jesus looked into, say it louder, Brother Dean, heaven. Jesus looked into heaven. They were looking with natural eyes, but Jesus was looking with spiritual eyes. If you look at your problem, I'm talking to humans, talking to myself too. If you look at your problem with natural eyes, you're going to see something that looks awfully big. You're going to see something that looks awful ugly. You're going to see something that you don't see any way through. If you look at your problem, those of you who raised your hands that said this could potentially be life-threatening, you're looking at things through, through a perspective. If you are looking through the eyes of the flesh, you're looking at things through a perspective that, that will cause you to fear, will cause you to doubt, will cause you to say, Lord, I can't, we don't have, I don't know how. All we could possibly do is this. All we could maybe do is that. But I'm telling you, if you look through the eyes of the Spirit like Jesus did, and if you look into heaven, you'll find that your God that you serve is more than enough. And He is able to do more than you could imagine or even think I'm telling you that if you'll look with the eyes of the spirit you'll begin to see that God is well able he's well able Jesus had the disciples to sit down had the group sit down he said set them down in fifties and he set them down in fifties and then he said Again, basically, now feed them. And he blessed the bread. He blessed it. And he broke it. And depending on what translation you read, it looks like he blessed it and broke it in one version and gave it all to them, and they just kept distributing and kept distributing. But in some versions, it looks to me that he just kept blessing it and breaking it and handing it to them, and it just kept multiplying in his hands. I want us to understand 
what God, what's needed, it comes from God. Amen? Do you agree with me on that? What's needed comes from God. What's your need? Just somebody say what a need is. Healing. Healing for his wife. Amen. What you need comes from God. It's not wrong to, to have the doctors do what they can do, but the healing comes from God. We can go, we can go into the city and buy food, but what you really need comes from God. It's not wrong to be willing to do something to work. I'm not trying to call you down for that, but I'm telling you what you need comes from God. I know you know that. Give me another need. Does anybody have a financial need? I see three. I know this one. Is it okay if I tell that Brother Dale just went through back surgery? Thank you, Brother Dale, for being here today. I'm so glad you're here. He just went through back surgery, and in the process of going through this back surgery, he has lost his job. But, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. What you need comes from God. What you need is not necessarily, and I'm not saying you don't need to work. The Bible tells us that man shall earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. I'm not saying that it doesn't need to work, but what he really needs is to get from the source rather than from the middleman. My God shall supply all of your needs. What we really need comes from God. We're too busy looking at the middleman. We're looking here and we're looking there and we're saying, how can we do this? How can I make ends meet? And I'm not just preaching on you. I'm preaching on me too. I'm just telling you though that we all do the same thing and we get our eyes off of the source which is Jesus Christ. The source which is God who is more than enough. El Shaddai. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or even think beyond what you can imagine. And our perspective is off and like the disciples we look at the need the immensity of the need and the scarcity of the resources I'm just telling you this morning change your perspective stop looking around look up stop looking around and look up if you look around you're going to see some scary things I don't remember whose crackers are whose except Becky's are the ones that are open. Did I get a pack from one of you anyway? Can I give her these crackers? This one, I do know this one came from, came from Lauren and it's a good one. It's premium gold. You girls want the other one? That one's open. You can have both of them. Throw away what you don't want. Sorry, I don't have any more but the Lord will multiply. Can you all share with him? Shelly, can I have some Rice Krispie treats? Well, now these kids are going to say, where's mine? I just want one. I'll have Rice Krispie treats for all the kids under 10 next week. Come see me. Tracy, please help me. <laughs> get, your, get your perspective. Get your perspective right. Let me tell you this. We're looking at the wrong things. We're looking around us when we should be looking up. We're looking around when we should be looking up.
All those that raise their hands that you have a big need before God. Can I ask you to come, come up here? Just stand to your feet and then walk up front. This, none of this was planned this morning. Worship team, if, if you're in that group, you stay out here in the front. But if you're not in that group that, that raised your hand that you have a big need, can you go help Bill? If you're in that group that has a big need, come on out of your seats. This is not still on, but I'll move it. If you didn't raise your hand, and perhaps you should have because you do have a really big need, you're welcome to join this crowd up here. I'm still just listening to see what God's saying. So far, we're on target. I'm not sure what's next. I'm going to... I'm not going to stop and pray a long time with each person. Just not what I feel led to do. If the Lord directs me to pray for a person, I will. But what I feel led to do this morning is to anoint my hands and just to walk through this crowd and let the Holy Spirit do the ministry it's 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 the it's the work of the Spirit it's nothing I can do anyway I've, I've said this before Brother Bones says I can't heal a fly of a toothache and I agree with that I can't do it but the Lord has told us as his people to lay hands on the sick they shall recover. I've got oil on my hands. I'm rubbing it in so I don't get it all over you. Those of you who are in your seats, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, that's just a little bit. Would you stand to your feet and believe God for big things? I'm going to start praying right here. Satan, you're a liar. You are a liar, devil. The word says that you're the father of liars. Satan, we call you out right in hell. We recognize your lies. We recognize your lies. We recognize that you are attacking the minds and the hearts of the people of God. And I serve you notice that you don't have any authority in their life. The word of God tells me, devil, that Jesus Christ spoiled principalities. That's a military term. He took spoils. He defeated you. You are defeated. You are defeated from that day forward throughout eternity. You have no authority whatsoever. You might have usurped authority. And if we will give it to you in our lives, you'll try to usurp it again. But I give you notice, devil, that you are defeated according to the word of God Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. And we stand today believing your word and expecting from you. And God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and my sisters who are across the front of this house. And I ask you for big things. I ask you for miracles, God. I ask you to astound the doctors. I ask you to break the yoke of bondage 
I ask you, Lord, to set at liberty those who are captive. I ask you, Lord, for bank accounts that are empty to be filled up. God, I know that some people might not, might not believe in that. But God, I know that you've done things like that in your word. And I don't think it's too much to ask. And God, we're not asking you so that we can just say, look at what I got. But we're asking you so that we can be about your business. And I pray, God, that you would supply every need according to your riches and glory. But also, God, that you would go beyond just the needs. God, that you would give us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Lord, that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. And God, in the blessing of abundance, God, that you would, as you're pouring out upon these families, upon these children, upon these sons and daughters, upon these mothers, and fathers and brothers and sisters as you're pouring out of your spirit on them let it be so much that it spills over and God let it reach to their families around them devil you're defeated you are defeated you're defeated I I say that you're defeated in every case here all of these cases are being brought to a just judge A few months ago, I talked about the unjust judge. All of these cases are being brought to a just judge. Father, we trust you. Satan, we bind you. I command you, devil, to stop your attack, your onslaught against these people, the people of God. And Lord, I, I, I right now, Lord, you told us whatever is already loosed in heaven can be loosed on earth. And whatever is bound in heaven can be bound in earth. And we know that the devil does not have reign in heaven. So we bind him over this situation, over these situations. And I come in agreement with my brother and sister that the need that they have before you will be, will be met. And God, we loose your authority in the matter. We loose your healing. We, we loose your joy. We loose your peace. We loose your provision. We loose it, God. In heaven, there's no lack. In your kingdom, there's no lack. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We declare today, God, that you reign over this house. You reign over this people. Satan, you're defeated. You need to know that you're defeated. You don't win. You don't win here. I rebuke discouragement. I rebuke frustration. I rebuke worry. I rebuke fear. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.